And do you regret that you kind of? I, I yep. feel. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're. Yeah, I regret it. Yeah. Start it. That's my opening song. It's not a song. Percussion. Now it's song. You hear something? Now it's sound. Do you have any acumen for music? I have very narrow taste in music. Taste, but you don't play an instrument. Nah. I mean, I I did play a little rhythm guitar very badly. Um, to be in a movie in a band and thing, but. No, I don't have talent. No, I think you do. Uh, <laughs> well, I uh, musical talent. But I think you might. I can sing. I can sing well enough. For those just listening, this is Howie Mandel does stuff. I'm Howie Mandel, and I'm talking to uh, a, a kind of a comedy hero a of mine, Al Franken, uh, who is, uh, in my opinion, one of the best singers to <laughs> have ever come out of the... the uh, Mid middle of this country, <laughs> you got the middle of the country kind of right. Minnesota, Minnesota. You, you weren't born in Minnesota though. I moved there when I was four. Right, because I, I was born in New York City, where you live now, where I live now. And your career basically comes out of New York City. A lot not, of it. I mean, your show business career, not yeah, your political career. That's right. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. But um, I became aware of you from Saturday Night Live. And yeah. I, I was a huge fan, you know, as a, as a viewer, first of all, let, let me mention You're, it all. You and I are about what? Five years apart, four years apart, something like that. I don't that. know how old you are. I'm going to, I'm 67. I'm, I was close up 71. Okay. Four so years five apart. years apart. Yeah. Just by looking or did you do, did you Google me? How did I you Google, know? I Googled him. Okay. Don't, and he hangs his head in, in shame. Well, because. I think that's a positive. The fact that you oh, good. that you go <laughs> no, but don't you wish like when we were growing up and you were invited to a party and you said who was going to be there and they would give you some names? Don't you wish that we had the opportunity to maybe Google somebody, at, uh, so we would know we would have something to talk about or we would know something about them? No, it's a you, yep. There you go. That's what I do. So I just want to plug right away. Uh, uh, Al Franken uh, is on tour now. And uh, you should, what is your website? Is it alfranken.com? Yeah. That's good. Alfranken.com, <laughs> if you want to find the specific dates. Because uh, he, and it's the uh, only former senator on tour tour. Only former U.S. senator currently on tour tour. Oh, I missed some words. Only former it's senator currently on tour tour. Don't yeah. get mixed up with the one that I plugged. Only former U.S. senator. U.S., yes. Because there's state senators currently on tour. And they call it that. It's, it's, it's like when people went to see Gallagher 2, they would be disappointed. It's, isn't it the same? It's the was there same. a Gallagher 2? There was, his brother. You didn't know that? And no. that people would think that they were going to Gallagher. And then I'm thinking that same kind of disappointment going. Uh, did he pretend know. to be Gallagher? I mean, in other words, did he go out there? Did he look enough like Gallagher? I don't know how much he looked like Gallagher. And I think that it wasn't watermelon. I think it was. Why am a, I looking over there? I'm, I'm, somebody... looking, I'm looking to my, <laughs> the people that are working. Maybe they put up, they put up a picture. That's, Gal is that, that's Gallagher. Is that Gallagher 2? Is that Gallagher 2? No, that's, that's Gallagher's Gallagher. brother. That's Gallagher. That's his Ron Gallagher, Gallagher's brother. That's he the actually oh, so looks like him in getting the front row, front row. Messi from he did the Sledgematic or not Sledge? You guys did the the Bassomatic. Bassomatic. Danny. Yeah. Who wrote that? Danny. Oh, he wrote it himself. Danny is 
Yeah. For those Dan, that don't know, Dan uh, Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd on that's what, Saturday Night Live. You probably hear this, and this is like two old guys talking. That was comedy. That the, well, what we did was we had actual jokes. Yeah. No, it was um, he did Bassomatic, which would probably be considered politically incorrect today. PETA would probably shut. It's a dead fish. Yeah, and then you so put it in a, so it was a takeoff on these infomercials at night yeah. that slice and dice and, you know, it's a. So it was just putting a bass in a blender mm -hmm. and he called it bassomatic. Right, and you watched a, a dead fish, a body be. And then Lorraine Newman drank. The bass. Uh, uh, that's when comedy she... was great. Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> that's great bass. That's I was love her it. line. So, Al, were you there right at the beginning? Were you there in 75? Yeah, When yeah. it started? Were you there for the first episode? Yeah. We, uh, Tom Davis and Was your I, partner, your comedy partner. partner. And uh, we were out here in L.A. trying to get started. As stand-ups. As stand-ups, we did- uh, You started in college. You were- uh, Well, yeah, we started in high school. Oh, you knew each other before college? We went to high school together, and we started uh, doing announcements in the morning- at assembly, like at the end of assembly. Really? Yeah. We to went to a uh, Protestant boys' school. I started there at You're 10th a Jew. grade. Aren't you a Jew? I'm a Jew. Did your parents not know that? They were very well aware of it. And they sent you Jews to a Protestant? They, yeah, it was, here's the whole story. So my brother's five years older than me. He uh, went to MIT. Okay. Massachusetts. Uh, no, I know what that is. <laughs> Are you looking at me like I'm an idiot? No, like, I'm uh, just, it was MIT. more to clarify for the audience. But there are Jews at MIT. Plenty of them. Yeah. Yeah. Jews are good at math. Einstein was a Jew. Hence, that you've proven Hence, my point. we know how much 20% off is. <laughs> okay, so, so. Uh, so anyway, so he goes to, uh, he, he went to the public school. It's a great school. St. Louis Park was called St. Jewish Park when I was growing up because we were 20% Jewish. And in Your Minnesota, family or the area? The, the uh, St. Louis Park, okay. the suburb of okay. Minneapolis. All right. And in Minnesota, that's a lot of Jews. Right. In, in Minnesota, any Jews is a lot of Jews. In fact, I think there's a lot of people that think that any place, whether there's one, they, uh, there's a lot of people that think that's a lot of Jews. That's our problem today. That's not... Our only problem, but I didn't, that's a problem. We could start with that one. Yeah. So some anti, a lot of anti-Semitism uh, uh, coming up. Um, remember when uh, Kanye made uh, Alex Jones feel uncomfortable? <laughs> that's, that's, how, how hard? Uh, that's that, hard to do. I know he did. He did. That's Alex not Jones even a joke. Like, oh, you better not. Hi. Oh my God! With it's, the Nazi, no. That was a little that, bit. That, that, was that, that, a good that Alex Jones? No, but it was a Stuart Smalley. It sounded like a little bit. Well, that was. I, uh, who is that? Come on, we're in comedy. Um, who is that? A ta uh, Rip Taylor. Hi. hi. Oh no, no. Hi. Oh boy. Ooh. Hi. I don't know who I'm doing. I don't know who you're doing either. But this it's is entertaining. how old we are. Yes. We could. We we got good stuff. We, do we just throw don't know backs to nothing. Old comedy, and we don't even. You find know. the older you are, the more. Um, uh, 
blanks you draw? I, as I did, <laughs> and you filled it in. Yeah. That's why it's good to have two old people talking to each other because the other old person I knew can exactly fill in. the blank you're going to. And more charades. I do a lot of charades. I go, I was at the, you know, the, the thing. The box. With the, the, right. <laughs> you know, but anyway. The kind of roundish box, but a box. But I want to get back to you because I find you fascinating. And Thank uh, you. <laughs> brilliant. Um, so you, anyway, no, no, no. So he goes to MIT and he says, Alan should go to Harvard. And so he should go to the school for Protestant. Uh, and I didn't know it was a school for Protestant. Wait, boys. Harvard. You said Harvard. He went to MIT. Yeah. He said I should go to Harvard. Right. Look, my mom was a Jewish mother. She wanted. So he says he should go to this, prod this prep school. To get you ready for Harvard. Yes. Because, yeah. And that's exactly what did. And then I go there and my dad says to me, he doesn't, my dad doesn't tell me that my brother said this to me or to him. They listened to your brother more than whatever they felt. Yes, because he went to MIT. My dad didn't graduate high school. My dad, my parents didn't go to college. They Okay, so. Okay. You know. Idiots. No, very, very smart people. I who was might, trying to be funny, but it didn't work. Just one miss. Doesn't thus matter. Thus far. Okay. And we're just at the beginning of this. No, we're pretty far in. Are you about to say goodbye? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so uh, he says Alan should go to the school. That's a better school. Uh, the kids who went to these schools uh, were better prepared at MIT. And I went. Blah, blah. So my dad says you're going to take a test for a school for smart kids. My dad was from New York. You're going to go to take a test for. So I go there and they take a test and he said you got into the school for smart kids. And I go there, and I find out this is a, I find out what the school is, Protestant. including that it's a school for boys. Right. And I go to my dad, and I say, I don't want to go there. Oh, we paid the deposit. Well, done deal. And that was it. Yeah. And would, like a gym class in the showers, were you the only circumcision in the? People in Minnesota were circumcised starting in the, um, People 1890s. In, and people in Minnesota <laughs> were circumcised? Well, men. <laughs> men. No, of course, everybody was. And then you ended up going to Harvard. I did. I tested graduated. well, and uh, I became a comedian. They must have been thrilled, the parents. They were, actually. Were they? Oddly, yeah. Well, my dad loved comedy. The reason I went in, and the reason you went into comedy, your parents have... No. No. The reason I, I went into comedy by accident, it was a dare. I, I didn't. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Kidding is, uh, is no. I, it was, I didn't think of comedy. I knew nobody really? in comedy. No. It was, I got dared in the 70s. I went to the Yuck Yucks in Toronto to see a show, and somebody dared me to get up on stage. And everything I was ever punished for, expelled for, hit for is what I get paid for. I never pursued it. I didn't think wow. about it. I know. That's why I'm fascinated by you. So no, you. No, well, well. Dana Carvey's once said, uh, no one should be a comedian unless they absolutely have to be. Well, I realized I had it. I oh, had then to you be. realized it. So on that dare, when I went up on stage, April 19th, 1977, and yuck yucks, um, I got some laughs. Remember when it was? The day. It changed my life. Changed my fucking life. The whole, it was crazy. I, I And I had no act. And you probably have seen, it's probably why, uh, I was a fan of Lorne Michaels. 
because I used to watch Hart. Now, Warren. are you? Are you you're Hart from, from Toronto? I'm, Hart, I'm, Hart Pomerantz. I'm hearing you're from Toronto because I said it. That's, That's one of the reasons. And you're I'm wearing a headset, it. and I have a microphone. <laughs> but also, you went to Yuck Yucks in Toronto. Right. And I was. And either a, you were on You vacation. know, Lauren Michaels did a show, a sketch Yeah, Hart and Lauren. Hart and Lauren. Uh, yeah, he was a part of a team. Right. And which I knew. Is, it, I think why he. Part of the reason he hired me and Tom. And he was. I was friends with his brother in law. And I did, uh, did, I did a comedy with Steve Schuster. Steve, hilarious. Sad, he's no longer with I us. I know. You know, m one of my favorite jokes of Steve's, this is Rosie Schuster's brother. Right. Wayne and Schuster's, the comedy Kids. team, Wayne and Schuster. From this the Ed comedy. Sullivan Show. Yeah. People have to be in their 80s to kind of get I know. any of the references <laughs> that we're making, but go ahead. But this one not. So Steve, they when the Toronto Blue Jays had no name. Right. Do you know this story? No. You don't. You'll well, maybe this story. Uh, because it's about Steve. So they had a contest to name the, the team, the, team. The, the our baseball team. The, the blue, yeah. It was not, it was yet named. So here's the name that Steve submitted. He wanted the Blue Jays to be the Toronto Americans. I love that. <laughs> he, was, he was one of the most brilliant, underrated comics ever, ever. That joke makes me like, and also, of course, that should have been picked. <laughs> I know. I mean. <laughs> there isn't a Canadian on that team. Well, but also, it's funny. It is funny. So. But a lot of people don't have a sense of humor. But, and the Blue Jays, are there a lot of Blue Jays in Toronto? Is that, I guess so. I just see it on uniforms. I don't really, I haven't seen them flying, and I'm not a bird watcher, and it would be really hard for me to identify if there was Blue an actual. Blue Jays look like. But I'm colorblind, so I don't even know what I'm looking at. Okay. I don't. So I, the answer is I don't know. But I if you're listening, I did not know that. I, I'll read the I, comments. I googled you, and didn't see the colorblind thing. No, you only have my age. But the, so approximately, you, I kind of. <laughs> so you <laughs> and your partner, yeah, are doing in uh, in high school. We're high doing school. like he didn't go. To, did he go okay. to Harvard? No, he was a terrible student, but very smart, but terrible. But He's a year younger than me. And anyway, we did chapel. So there was. So this is a school for Protestant boys. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they have chapel in the morning. That's the first. That's assembly. And Tom and I, they would sing Protestant hymns. And I was. When I first got there, uh, you said the, you're a singer. Do you want to sing a Protestant hymn for us right now? A mighty fortress is our God. On earth is not His equal. You know, I feel my uh, my foreskin rolling back up over the top of my, <laughs> as you sing that. Rolling and so our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. It's beautiful. I don't want to hear it anymore. No, his strength and power are great and right. armed with cruel hate. Wow. On earth is not. Is he, the reason I Did you sing, sing that, that at your bar mitzvah? <laughs> I did not sing that when I first got there and my uh, geometry teacher said to me, this is like after I was there a week, Mr. Franken, if you'll stay after class. And I go, yeah, okay, sure. I won't say his name. He wasn't that bad a guy, but this sounds really bad. He goes, I notice you don't sing the hymns. I go, yeah, I'm, I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> and these are Protestant hymns, so I don't, 
Uh huh. You want to go to a good college, don't you? Oh my gosh. Wow. I went. Wow, this is happening. And he said, and to get in a good college, you're going to need good math grades, right? Oh my God. He said, I'd sing the hymns. On earth is not his equal. Wow. It's a. It's actually the hymns were fine. They're fine. I didn't so what care. you're saying is Jesus got you into college. Very roundabout. Wow. Very roundabout. <laughs> as roundabout as, oh, as pretending you are. Name. Okay. Shoot. Is he Can alive? you take that out? I is he alive? Know. No. Do you want me to take that out? I we'll beep do. it. We'll beep it. Beep the name. Do you hear that, Jeremy? We'll beep the name. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't want to smirch. No. His family. But it's and... roundabout away. Jesus that getting okay, you into guys? college. Yes, they got it. He said it's out. It's okay. out. Okay. Who are you looking at? Your daughter? No, I'm looking at the guys. <laughs> they, they, the guy that yes, I said okay. guys. We wrote that down. Yeah. Okay. But it'll happen. It'll happen. I'm telling you, it's out. Yeah. Whatever you want out is out. Anyway, you 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 and your partner uh, so come out we, to L.A. to try to make it. Yeah, yeah. What we did, we come out to L.A. We do the comedy store. Doing the comedy. Store. Do you remember Pat Proft? I loved Pat Proft. Isn't he great? Yes. So Pat's from Minnesota. So right. Yeah, and he he started at a, at a theater called the Brave New Workshop, where we also performed. We came out here. We hitchhiked out to L.A. to do the comedy. I did store. make me laugh with Pat Proft. I think he was on one of the episodes I did. He, Pat is so funny. He did. Uh, he 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 would say, "If I can make just one person laugh, I know it's a Tuesday night at the comedy store." <laughs> anyway, so uh, so he said, "Come on out." We hitchhiked to L.A., stayed on a couple of couches at his place, and got up at the comedy store. And then uh, hitchhiked back. <laughs> and then I went to college for my final year. Then we came out here, drove out, and uh, started doing the comedy store. And an agent from William Morris saw us, said, you guys uh, are, uh, I like your material. And have you thought about writing for TV? And yeah, a variety show, yeah. Um, and I said, there's no show on that we would be any good for. Right. Because at the time was The Tonight Show, Carson, great show. We're not right for it. We don't write those kind of monologue jokes or didn't. And The Mighty Carson Art Players were a different thing. Right. Cal Burnett was on. That was a great show. Wrong generationally for us. Right. And Sonny and Cher was on. Right. Not our taste. So, and he said, right. Uh, write something for a show you'd like to see. That you'd like to see. So we wrote, and I remember this very, you've gotten writing samples from people's nephews, right? Right. Okay. And do you get 50 page submissions of, and not even like one, you it can depends. tell after a, a page, right? After a paragraph. After a paragraph or yeah, or a joke or, or a few couple. We did 14 pages. We did a newscast, not what Chevy did. We did a newscast the night of the day of World War III. Is what we did. We did a commercial parody. Right. We did a sketch, and we did a conceptual film. And Lauren, we were the only writers Lauren hired whom he hadn't met. Wow. Sight unseen. And so you get a call 
to come to New York or you get a call from all right, you got a job with Lauren Michaels who did Lily specials, did laughing. Oh, oh. And you gotta be there on Monday. And we got a call on a Friday. And this is in July. So we're so excited. <laughs> it's a Drive job in TV. No, we flew. They they sent us a ticket. This is wow. the big time. 1975. 1975. Um, I guess I'm, yeah, I'm 24, Tom's 23. Uh, and we can't, you know, we've been out here like two years. And um, we got a job. And we're hired for s six weeks. <laughs> and, a, and an option at six weeks. Good money? No. We split $300 a week. They so, paid us as one apprentice. We were thrilled. That's why he got signed sight unseen. <laughs> he, got, he got two for the he got two for the price of one. Three. Oh no, Kenny, you ready to roll on this commercial? Here we go. Action! All right, this is for Butcher Box. Butcher Box, I love because I don't. I love good meat. I do. I love a good steak. I love good chicken. I love good protein. I don't know how to shop for it. I don't know what to look for. I don't know how to trust the butcher, but Kenny, stop that. Anyway, um, I use this and I have great meals. It's convenient. It just set, it goes right to Kenny. Kenny, just get your finger off the button. Anyway, uh, butcher box. If you want good meat, you want good convenience, it's delivered right to your door. And not only that, there is now a great deal that we are offering. And when you want a great deal, when you want a deal, who do you come to? Howie Mandel. That's why the deal they're offering right now, listen to this, you can get free chicken nuggets. And I've had the chicken nuggets. They're great. Free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today. Did you hear what I just said? Kenny, walk away from the button, okay? So here's what you got to do. Listen to this, okay? Here's what I want you to do. And you're going to get a free 22-ounce bag of gluten-free chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com slash Howie and use the code Howie. That is butcherbox.com slash Howie and use the code Howie. You get free chicken. You get, uh, and great service and great meat. Kenny, Kenny. That's the end of the commercial. What are you doing? That's the end of the commercial. Go, Kenny, go back to the podcast. Kenny? So this is uh, 48 years later, and now I finally realize why we got the job. So you go there. You were, was the cast because of me? Because of the, I, I'm, I'm, I'm Can you cut that out? No. Just cut out the word you. you. <laughs> because of, <laughs> So it's the same person, so that teacher. <laughs> because of Mr. Eh. Yeah. So, so um, you go there, is, is the cast already in place? No. Uh, Danny's in place, because from Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. He's Gilda's from Ottawa, in though. place, because she did Seconds God's spell. And with Marty. Oh, with, with, uh, with Marty. With, yeah. And Paul Schaefer. Right. Right? Right. And Andrea. Uh, Martin. Martin. And... Well, so, Second City, all the Second City people. Not all of them, but it's amazing. This is a Godspell cast in Toronto. Right. So uh, so Gilda Lorraine is part of the cast. 
and Jane is part of the cast. And Chevy is a writer, and Garrett is a writer, and Garrett becomes a cast member. You're yeah. a writer, and as a writer, when you get hired to be a writer, was because you are a performer, was there any disappointment? Where like you got a job in TV? Were well, you we did our act. We auditioned, right? And we got on. Actually, we got on. You saw doing your me act, and Tom. Yeah, and you saw me later. Right. On the first show, was it? It was it. It wasn't Billy. Chris, it was, it was uh, 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 um, Valerie Bromfield. I knew Valerie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, George Carlin. George Carlin did like two monologues. Right. If you look at that first show, the first SNL show, it's a lot like Midnight Express. Right. Remember Midnight Express? It was a music show with the, with the, the Wolfman Friday Jack. Nights, Wolfman so Jack. Wolfman Jack. Yeah. And they basically had. Just music. Right. And so. And then sometimes they had comics. Sometimes they had comics. So we had, I think we had three music acts. Uh, George Benson? I don't know. I only remember Janice the comedy. Ian? I don't know. Are you asking? It sounds like it, wasn't I? Yeah. I don't Because I did a question mark. Um, anyway. That's, I don't but know. But it that's was a, a very, it, it, the, the show didn't become the show until. The third or fourth show, and Candace Bergen hosted, and be, started to become the show it was. You were hired as a writer. Were you the head writer? No, um, there was no head writer. Lauren, I guess, at that point was. Did you and, and the things as you got there were your things getting on? Where your uh, yeah, uh, that was fun. What was the, the first, first things we did was commercial parodies. Yes, which became a staple of that show. And still is today because of yeah. that. And uh, do you remember the first, the biggest? Uh, is there anything that was? What do we do? We did the K puts prices right stamp gun, <laughs> and it was just a thing where you go to a supermarket and you just put your put own your price. own prices on it. I remember that. You remember that? I do remember that. I was a huge fan. And <laughs> well, that was like one of the first things shot. That was the first thing we did was start writing commercial parodies. And I loved when you were on. I was surprised oh, well, that you weren't more. I loved Stuart Smalley. I loved the the, the Frank and the Al Franken decade. I loved everything that became well, God somewhat bless you. Uh, somewhat not? classic. And and then I, I've read, I googled uh, that um, you actually were and and this makes a lot of sense to me that you were vying and i'm surprised you didn't uh for the weekend update i did and i didn't get it and it was the right thing for lauren to do at the time that, well that's norm mcdonald it was norm yeah i love norm he's also from canada also my politics were pretty clear i was a progressive and i don't think the person doing an update should necessarily have a political view I don't think anybody right. that does the news should do in any capacity, whether it's comedic or not. You know, that's the, that's the problem. If you're a today. journalist, you should not certainly wear that on your sleeve. No one should know it. And Did, you should be able to, you know, that's news news. Does a young Al Franken have the... Um, interest in well, you obviously did because i know that you were having googled you and know about you that you were uh, very influenced by dick gregory and uh oh okay well uh, yeah have, yeah have, gregory and my and, and and mort Saul and, yeah. and 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 those guys who were for me they were political satirists or this is, this is i think interesting my dad was a republican okay 
but he was a kind of a Republican that used to exist that doesn't exist anymore, which is, do you remember these, like, Jacob Javits? Do you remember any of these? No, of course not. I'm Canadian. <laughs> That's true. Although you know a lot about, uh, the I, I Canadians know, know a lot about American politics. Uh, but there were this Northeast uh, liberal Jews, uh, liberal Jews, liberal Republicans, many of whom were Jews uh, at the time, and the Democratic Party was liberal except in the South. But the South had all these Dixiecrats, right? Right. And they were very conservative on race. And so there was this odd thing where there were these liberal Republicans, conservative, very, very conservative and racist Democrats. And then Republicans who were either conservative or moderate. And it was the conservative or moderate Republicans and liberal Republicans and Democrats who passed the Civil Rights Bill. But the Democrats in the South didn't. And then in 1964, when the Civil Rights Bill was passed, the South started becoming Republican. They, uh, they had been, you know, they okay. were Democrats because the Republicans started the Civil War. So, so. No, you were, you're obviously well-versed in politics. Were your interests in, you're, you said your dad was a Republican, but he wasn't, he wasn't politically uh, No, he was. Involved. We watched the news every night. Uh, we, we had tray tables. I had that, the coffee tables. Um, I mean, yeah, TV, yeah. TV dinner tables. TV, yeah, but we didn't have TV dinners. My mom was a very good cook. She didn't, we didn't have frozen TV dinners. We had very nice dinner, but we watched the news. We watched Cronkite. That's a different time. And in 1963, when uh, civil rights demonstrators were getting hit over the head with billy clubs and and fire hoses put on them and police dogs, my dad said, no Jew can be for that. No Jew can be for that. We must never forget. Right. And so he became, and because Barry Goldwater became the Republican nominee in 1964 who'd voted against the Civil Rights Act, my dad became a Democrat. And that made a big impact on me. I'm like 13 years old at the time. And that made a big impact on me that... But I'm that, fascinated. I'll tell you one thing that I find fascinating. I, I find That seems like such a... Um, a mega shift in, as you know, you just, you quoted Dana Carvey and you said, nobody should be doing comedy unless you need to do it, right? Is that what it is? That yeah, what the, there's uh, no reason to be a comedian unless you absolutely have to. And I realized even if it was that one day that you have to, and you have that need to go out there and probably what some people would describe the most uncomfortable place in the world. That's where I'm comfortable. And that's probably where you're comfortable doing live TV every week. And kind of bury yourself to strangers and want to elicit so much more than in any other industry. You know what I mean? Uh, even if you're a musician, a politician, whatever you do, you don't need somebody to laugh every 30 seconds. It's really hard to get. <laughs> and if that's not happening, you know, regardless of how good it is, it feels like failure. All right. To have that need, it's kind of an addictive need, and then to make that shift, I'm, I'm, I wanna know where that seed began to blossom like to become a politician is a totally different. Well, what to walk away from comedy? 
Yeah, or get kicked out. No, I, I, I walked away. That's true. From what comedy? Happened? You no, walked, you walked away from SNL. I walked away from SNL, but I walked away after doing 15 seasons. And it was, you know, and it was, again, it, you know, uh, Kevin Nealon was leaving. And he had been doing Update. And it was, Lauren knew I wanted to do Update. And Norm and I competed for it. And Norm was just much better choice. Did it have anything to do with you were also known for knocking Fred Silverman, who was the... That also might have had something. <laughs> so for those that don't know, Fred Silverman was the president of NBC. I, I don't think I had knocked... It. Wait a minute. Lamo yeah. in a limo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did a, a... That more knocked me out of producing the show when we all left. Oh, that's... That, yes, that's a much earlier time. Is it? I'm confusing times now. So am I. I'm confusing it. I should know. Yeah, that's like... That's stupid me. 15 years earlier. Sorry. But I but but you you seem to be somebody who would buck the system, who would and that was the the I thought that that Silverman would no one would love the joke more than Silverman. You really did? Or you didn't care? Both. Because I felt that Norm Norm did that also. Also, he also right, let, with the OJ got fired. He yeah, got fired. Because of all the OJ things yeah, and Don Olmeyer. Don Olmeyer was really good friends with OJ. So but that in those days... Are people following us? <laughs> Am I... Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Young people? Yeah. Okay, Don Allmeyer was the head of NBC. Right. At the, and he, he had been in sports like right. with Rune Arledge. He right. was a protege of Rune Arledge. <laughs> Why don't you go back further to, to lose... If we haven't lost the entire audience... Oh, my God. Wild world of sports, Rune Arledge, uh, Olympics, the... the but the point is that he was really good friends with OJ. OJ friend, just got into because the... Because he was in sports, he'd been a friend of OJ. Norm Crosby. And Norm insisted on doing jokes every week about how guilty OJ was. Right, and then he got notes from the network saying, stop with stop the OJ jokes. doing that the OJ jokes. because the president of the network is a friend. But he, he said no. So in that vein, I always thought that that was... Um, I, I always felt like a you know Saturday Night Live when it started was kind of counterculture and counter the man and if when I see like Lamo in the limo I didn't know what thought was behind it besides you know we were always of, surprised when the network had a problem that where we did something satirical uh, Tim Robbins hosted the show once and I think I wrote a, a joke Tim Robbins very lefty. Very, very lefty, progressive. And so G General Electric made um, bombs. Right. <laughs> like nuclear bombs. <laughs> and, uh, or it was part of the Nucle mechanism. Did, GE for made a nuclear bomb? GE had something to do with I, Hiroshima. Is that what you're saying? No. But, uh, but had something to do with the guided things for nuclear weapons or something. Right. So I wrote a joke where Tim Robbins, who I thought could be heavy-handed right. <laughs> in his politics, had this thing. He goes, GE. Do you remember at GE, we bring good things to life? Remember I do. That thing? Look, look at you. are doing a lot of singing on this episode. I am. Go ahead. We started off, you're asking me if I could sing. No, but I didn't I realize this I is a musical group. episode. So I wrote a joke where he goes, GE, we bring good things to death 
okay. Right. <laughs> like, this is Tim being very heavy-handed. <laughs> and, and so we get this note, please don't do that. <laughs> I'm going like, that can't, you can't be serious. Well, maybe they were mulling, because didn't GE eventually buy NBC way later? No, GE owned NBC. At that's the time? The point. Yeah, that's what was the point of the joke. It was, in other words, Tim Robbins was saying, I'm hosting SNL. SNL is on NBC, owned by GE. Oh, okay. GE makes nuclear weapons. <laughs> I didn't know this was the timing of that. GE, we bring good things to death. And then... And GE uh, wasn't up on this. They and then we it. just kept getting this note. No, please cut that. Please cut that. And, and it was like, no. No? You were in a position to say no, or Lauren said no? Well, Lauren said no. I was not in a position, but Lauren kind of went no. And they went like, I think, it, maybe we did cut it. I'm not sure. I, this, that's an important detail, isn't it? But I think that there was going to be like, there's going to be a um, big GE board meeting or stockholders meeting on Monday. Right. <laughs> so cut it. And... You know, we were satirists, and we thought that the joke wasn't. I can understand them now. I totally understood. I didn't. We're understand. older now. We understand. We're older now. Yeah, it used to be. You know, we used to be able to get away with things. Uh, I always say this. You know, uh, regardless of how wrong something was, uh, as a as a young person, if you uh, said it's only kidding, that kind of was the bandage. On Very often, you did jokes that the whole point of the joke was I'm we're doing something in bad taste to show that is in bad taste. Isn't that, isn't that the, the essence of every piece of comedy is always, it's always, no. it, I think comedy is the, it comes from darkness. You know, I I've said this so many There's times, a but, lot that does. but I think it all does. I think if you laugh at a clown falling down, you're laughing at, at the misfortune of a stranger. If you're if two guys walk into a bar, unless something awkwardly horrible happens to one of them, it's not a joke. If the, the uh, GE brings good things to death is because they, they adding to the, end of the world as we know it which is true it's dark that's a dark joke so that's what i'm saying every joke has a dark that's not every joke that's dark jokes i think that some jokes are we're, we're no we're not gonna agree well we're not i'm trying to think of a joke that isn't that's you you up until now i'm winning but if you've come up with something that isn't that doesn't have any darkness whatsoever whether you're dropping a bass and chopping it up in in a thing it's dark because it's 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 gross all comedy that's why the two masks of uh, of tragedy and comedy are together that's how close tragedy is to comedy they are you can't have one without the other okay i'm right and i don't okay. care if you're the guest you're the host so you're right i am anyway but if you, i would love you to prove me wrong listen maybe i don't know what comedy is lorne michaels hated me Lauren Michaels hates me. No. I think so. No. I do. He just maybe hated what you do. Well, that, that's what I... <laughs> <laughs> he did. It was my dream once to, to, to even... Not anymore, but to appear. Yeah. Never. And I was on oh. NBC for 30 years. Nothing. Even when Deal or No Deal was like the biggest thing on NBC. I was on like every night. He wouldn't put me on... And they would do Deal or No Deal sketches. Nothing. Nothing. Never. 
And and, and people uh, in the head offices of NBC would say, hey, let's see if we can get you a little cameo or something like that. Never. Nothing. And yet, you're not bitter. <laughs> see, where did that come from? A dark place. I proved my point once again. I just brought it up to prove to prove a point. But let's get back to you because this is about you. I'm fascinated. So you leave SNL. Let's go back to you're not. No. Okay. We won't I'm not bitter, back. really. Yeah, I'm I not know. bitter. I can tell. I can tell. I think just by virtue of who we are and how we were brought up, I think there's a, a fuel of bitterness that keeps us going. No? Sure. <laughs> Do you agree with that? No, I don't think so. Do you have but, a, you are you a happy guy? Yeah, by and large. By and large, yeah. You, you have I no have bitterness? Of, of course I do. <laughs> there you go. I'm but, saying, and you can't get to this age but without... I think, yeah, well, I'm 71 years old. So right, so yeah, and I'm 67. I'm people, sure. So, and, and not being mad at... And, you ha and, you know, deservedly so. You go into politics. Did you know that you were going to do that or that was just... This is... No. Not... No, I didn't. What happened was... I started to get more, after I left SNL, mm -hmm. I started to write some books about. New York Times bestsellers, a lot of, you had a few. Yeah, yeah, and basically a lot of them were about right-wing lying. So I wrote a book called Rush Limbaugh is a Big Fat Idiot and Other mm -hmm. Observations. They were humor, they were comedy, they were, they were but they're pointed, they're satire. Comedy based in? Bitterness? <laughs> Negativity. Negativity. No, no okay. but it is. The reason you were able to make the joke is because there was some anger and truth to what you were writing about. Yeah. I mean, and you showed Rush, the irony. And and I know there are people who are, are listen. you know, so many people listen to uh, to this podcast that, that aren't political and don't care and or maybe. Uh, no, they're not. The I'm not. I'm not political. I know. Right. Yeah. And so, so I don't want to dwell on this, but but that's what I was doing, and I was doing. Uh, Rush Limbaugh was kind of racist and homophobic, and all things that you are supposed to believe me. And denying that climate change was happening, and was pro tobacco for some reason. And so the question is, are these people really that or do they know that that gets them? That's so polar polarizing that it gets them an audience. I'm, I wonder sometimes. That's a very, very, very good question. I know. That's why I'm very good at what I do. Yeah. <laughs> but well, no, I mean, it's it's circular because I think once you start spouting that stuff a lot. You're invested in it. Right. I guess. Right. So I think that it's easier to. Say to yourself, I do believe that, I guess. I don't know. I don't know either. So you start writing these books. You have success in writing these books. But for all intents and purposes, you're still in the world of comedy. Yeah. And your subject matter, going back to who uh, kind of uh, influenced you, is according dad. to go, yeah. your dad and your and, and in comedy, you like the Mort Sauls and the Dick Gregories and people who did speak about our environment, right? You know, so but that's that's still a big leap to being, yes. So let me explain. Um, at a certain point, I started getting more political, did a radio show on something called Air America, which had a life of it, you know, I had a couple million listeners. Um, and, uh, my friend 
Paul Wellstone was senator from Minnesota, and he um, was elected in uh, in in nineteen uh, in, in ninety. Is that the guy that died in? He died crash? in a plane, plane crash. crash. I remember that. Yes. And he died in 2002 when he was running he for He was your friend? You knew him personally? Yeah, I knew Paul. He was a good friend. And I had campaigned for him. And in 2002, in October 2002, the vote to against for or against the war in Iraq came up. And he was in a head-to-head race against the Republican, Norm Coleman. And he told me and other friends that he was going to vote against the war. A large majority of Americans and Minnesotans, more importantly, were for going to war. And he thought that that vote that he was going to take against the war was going to be the end of his career. But he took it. And the next poll had him up by seven points because Minnesotans like politicians who vote the way their conscience is. They knew that was Paul. And then he died in a, a plane crash with his wife and daughter and, and three aides and two pilots. And Norm Coleman, the Republican, won that election. And a few months after he came into office, Norm said, to be blunt, I'm a 99% improvement over Paul Wellstone. And that said, I wonder who's going to run against him. And so I ran six years later. It's probably not the reason to run for office, but also he gave me other reasons. And you had the closest kind of finish that anybody has ever had in the history of American elections. Is that true? By a percentage, yeah, 312 votes statewide. That's amazing. It was very... Wasn't there a lot of recounts? There was... Yes and no. There was a recount <laughs> that I won, and then there was lawsuits. There's a thing called an election contest, and uh, in Minnesota, to get seated, you have to have the Supreme Court of Minnesota has to say you won, and so that process took like nine months, and it was incredibly close. It was 312 votes. That's amazing. And then Out you two point nine million. But here's what I find fascinating from just a human standpoint. Okay, so you become a senator and a beloved senator in in your state, um, and you're very involved in getting. What is your What are you most proud of as far as uh, a bill that you were part of or something that you got passed? Or well, I think the Affordable y- Care Act right. is something, and I wrote a, a couple major provisions in that. One of which was. Um, it's called the medical loss ratio, but it just says that insurance companies have to spend at least 80 to 8% uh, of their premiums on actual health care. As and opposed to what? What were they? What do they spend it on? Administrative costs, uh, advertising, you know, CEO salaries. So now it is law that the, the, all the 80% of their fund. 85% for large group policies. And what that does is it actually has made insurance companies, health insurance companies a lot more efficient and also if they don't hit that mark you get money back as a you from your premium you, you people get checks all the time billions of dollars have come back to american consumers because I mean, of you because of uh, part partially because of you here's what yeah, i'm saying i mean i that was my idea <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> well it was because minnesota kept track of that 
but we didn't enforce it. So I said, why don't we enforce it? And But anyway, uh, there are other pieces of legislation I did that are much smaller kinds of special things that I really like, like um, that I'm really proud of. Um, you know, foster kids very often, I, I got to know foster kids and very often they're in like 10, 11, 12 families in their childhood. And very often uh, the, the new family would be outside their school district. And it used to be that you'd have to go to a different school. You know, you'd have to right. go to school in the others. And I said, no, let's make it that if you want to stay in the same school, you can be. And one of the school districts has to pay for the transportation. And well, you, that was because consistency it, is something they need and exactly, don't have. No, exactly. I get it. And, and very often, you know, you have a teacher, it means something to you or a, a program or friends. So. You were so writing. That, that I made that happen. So that was like a little thing. But don't I say a little thing. Don't say a little thing because a, these a seemingly thing, little thing. Yeah. No, it's maybe in the in the grand scheme of things, it's a little thing. But the truth of the matter is that you are actually writing things, writing things that change people's lives. You know, yeah. writing and uh, yeah, well, campaigning miss, for obviously things. Obviously, miss it. And uh, I remember the first thing I did was a bill. Uh, to match service dogs with veterans with PTSD, to do a study. Another good, yes. To do a study. And I remember uh, it passed right away. Like this was, I was there two weeks or something. The authorization to do it, then you need funding. But anyway, um, I remember getting the bill. Like there's people who write the legislative language. First, my first bill, I get it. And I remember because I was a writer, I started rewriting the bill. <laughs> Punching it up. Punching it up. Make it sing a little bit. <laughs> and my team goes, no, no. I go, oh, yeah, that's right, of course. This is legal. You can't change words. But what I'm saying, what I'm fascinated by is it just seems, I don't have the words to kind of ask this question, but the... First, you go, you jump into a pool where what you were writing before would elicit a laugh, was kind of silly. Would I would percolate in my mind as a viewer for a minute, maybe recount. Well, I had the to next... break the habit. Certainly, even when that's I, what I'm saying. It's a habit. Yeah, and when I started campaigning, I had to break that habit because people basically a lot of the comedy I had done had been used against me. Um, well, I feel like ultimately, like even the, the the last and final straw, the picture was comedic. It was. I'm, I'm uh, you know. It I, was exactly I, that. It was, it so, was making fun of someone being a jerk. Yes. And we were on a, a comedy tour. Right. So my question to you. Doing USO. And, and, and that's doing good. Why, that's, yeah, and which is why I wrote the veterans thing, because I met, I met, uh, I met a, a veteran who had a dog, who the dog made all the difference in his life. And during my six, uh, nine month recount, I made it my business to kind of get to know all about service dogs. And so that's what I did while <laughs> I was waiting to get to the Senate. That's why I had a bill ready when I got there. And Johnny Isaacson, a Republican from Georgia, who was head of 
Veterans Affairs liked the idea, and um, and we passed it right away. That's and, amazing. Yeah, and just... so they started, and the evidence is that it makes a difference. You have made differences in a lot of lives because of the work that you have done. I like but, no, I think you have. That's why I'm a fan of it. Well, the Affordable Care Act, by the way, has been a huge gift. And we lost a lot of elections immediately after because of it, because it was people were misled about what it was. And it wasn't until Republicans tried to get rid of it in 2017 that people saw what was in the bill, including that you can't be charged more because you have a pre-existing condition. Right. And that you're guaranteed certain, you know, 10 basic services. Do you and, miss it? Oh, yeah. 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 I'm, Do you regret that you kind of, I, yep, I feel. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I know what you're, yeah, I regret it. I, I, you know, look, I, I deserve due process. I That's asked what for I'm, it. Th yeah. I, I also think that the people that pushed you out regret pushing you. A number of them have apologized publicly. Have you gotten yeah, apo yeah. who who apologized? Let me see. Uh, uh, Tammy Duckworth from you know, and Tammy is someone who uh, from Illinois. Uh, Tom Udall from uh, Jeff Merkley from Oregon. Pat Leahy from Vermont. Dick Durbin from I've had like nine of my colleagues apologize, and Tammy is someone I met at Walter Reed. Uh, you know who Tammy is. She no. oh, she's senator from uh, Illinois, right? And she was a helicopter pilot in Iraq, and her uh, her copter was shot down, and she lost her legs in it. And so I met her at Walter Reed because I used to go to Walter Reed Hospital to visit. visit yeah, I, did you ever do USO tours? No, I never. Never did. No, there. Anyway, so. Uh, I went to visit her at Walter Reed and saw her a number of times there because it was long convalescence for her. And I remember I would take pictures, Polaroids, with, uh, with wounded soldiers, and I'd write, thank you for your service. And at one point she said, they don't like that. They don't? <laughs> well, that's, it's a cliche, thank you for your service. So I started writing, thank you for being grievously wounded. Oh, that's nice. They like that. They love they that. They love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's very fun. But see, somebody, somebody without a sense of humor, which I believe is the majority. No. Those, yeah. believe no, me. not them. No, yeah. I'm talking about just in public. Yeah. Would think. Again, I I'm winning. for that. Yep. Yeah. But, but the point is, having a sense of humor, I don't think you can bend. Is there any thought or... Um, need to get back into that you did a lot of good things do you ever yeah, think well, about right getting now i support i don't think i'm ever going to run again but i do support people who do who i really support. i have a political action committee midwest values pack which i've had since 2005 i guess and i raise money for for people that i like that are running for office and i think it's still important i'm still a democrat even though it was my democratic colleagues who kind of screwed me over yeah uh and uh but i am for a lot of reasons and one of which is um my wife's story my my wife's uh mother was widowed 
at age 29 with five kids, age seven, five, three, 18 months, and three months. And th- that family- At war, he was a, a veteran? He was a veteran. It was, uh, he died in 1952. Uh, he was, this was in Portland, Maine. He was coming back from uh, working at a, a double shift at a paper mill, trying to make more money so he could pay. He got, uh, they bought their house a couple years before on the GI Bill. And when you uh, paid on the GI Bill, you didn't have to pay any money down. Right. So your mortgage was uh, substantial. So he worked extra two shifts and and uh, died in a one car accident. He hit a tree, leaving my mom, my mother-in-law widowed with, with five kids. And they made it kind of survive with survivor benefits, social security survivor benefits. And she, my uh, mother-in-law ended up uh, after working for a while in a supermarket to put food on the table and pay for their mortgage, uh, got three, uh, four GI loans to go to college and became an elementary school teacher because she taught at an elementary school that had a uh, large percentage of low-income families. She, all her loans were forgiven, all her loan and all the girls went to college on scholarships and Pell Grants and um, my brother-in-law went into the Coast Guard. Everybody in my wife's family became a, a contributing middle-class member of our uh, country, and it's because of stuff that Democrats did, like Social Security and like Pell Grants and well, like the GI Bill. And- but those are all. That's amazing. That you know, I don't think I have the wherewithal to ever be involved or even interested in well that's not what you want to do what you do no is but what you, you do but you I, it, I was reading again googling you you know i look up i clicked on like news like is there any new news and and uh the uh, the jew report came up the and and it i don't know why this is an article there is such a thing i don't know what it was it said jews but the amount there are jews that are going to be hosting the daily show so it's you, Sarah. So it's just funny how it made me laugh. Like it said, four Jews will be, I, I can't remember who the, who are the others are. I think there was Sarah Silverman, you. Uh, will you Google a Jews hosting uh, The Daily Show and see what paper it was? It might have been Israel Today or something. Uh, Jews hosting The Daily Show. Here it is. Jews She's, Today. But uh, what uh, the Times of Israel. There it is, the first one. Are you kidding me? No, no look at this. Look, so here it is. Oh my Jewish God. guest hosts. There it is. As Trevor Noah exits Daily Show, Jewish guest hosts line up. There you are. Uh, you can see, it's see right there. It's you and Sarah Silverman and Chelsea Handler and uh, three. I said four. So it's, you're the three Jews. But I think that that's a perfect job for you. Like not just a guest host. Would you be interested in doing that daily and maybe taking that's over? Th- you have to do it every day. Yeah. Most people go to work every day. A lot of people do. Are you, you don't want to go to work every day? That's, I mean, I think that's a, a, a pretty intense thing for. That's a no. I think so. I, I, I'm looking forward to doing it. I'm looking forward to yeah, watching yeah, you yeah, and yeah, listening yeah. to you. Yeah. But that's kind of, that, that kind of show specifically is kind of a great blend of both. I think more people. Yeah. I, I re- yeah. Of, of doing politics, doing good, um, campaigning, if not 
you know, in well, in, it's what I was doing sort of before I ran. I mean, right. that was the, my transition. Right, was doing so. Uh, you're heading satire. back that way. Also, I wanted but, to ask. Go yeah, ahead. I was going to never mind. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say uh, it should be Norm. <laughs> oh, jeez, it really That's should okay. be Norm. Norm is it was amazing. Amazing. Yeah, um, you're you're an amazing guy. You came in today with your daughter, who yeah. is a stand up. She's a stand up. She's doing stand up. She she's in education. That's what she's been for. Um, well, my daughter, who usually co-hosts with me, but yeah. she has a she got a hamster the other day, so she hasn't been able to come in. Um, <laughs> was a teacher for many years. Yeah. When you say she's in education, what's her name? Tom Tom Thomason. Thomason. Yeah, uh, name for Tom. Uh, her name is Thomason Davis Franken. Oh, uh, name for Tom for, for your that was your comedy partner, for right? And uh, yeah, what she she was a teacher right out of uh, college, like a Teach for America kind of program, and taught third grade, and then she went to culinary school, and and uh, st- instead of becoming like a sous chef in a restaurant or something like that, she started teaching kids. She had taught third grade teaching kids uh, how to cook healthy. And because the school she had been teaching at, uh, a lot of the kids weren't having healthy meals. So she did that. And then add that led her to doing after-school programs and working in the D.C. public school system, uh, running like after-school programs and working with the com- uh, community groups. And very proud of what she's done. And now, But she's always been very funny. So she's also, I think, is it a Franken trait to go to have, be in one career and then these weird different transitions? Well, she's also continuing to do what she's doing, that kind of thing. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. You know, uh, but I, I was just, I've, I, she's funny. She's really funny. And I don't know where it's going to go. She's also got two, I've got, you know, a nine, she's got a nine year old and, and that's actually why my daughter's not here today. So she has two, and she's busy with her family today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I, when I see somebody come in with their kids, I'm, I love that. And my of kids course. are here. My son produces this. You know, my son is one of the producers back there. And uh, was he one of the guys where I went, guys? Um, no, 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 <laughs> no. He hides. He like he's a behind the scenes kind of guy. But anyway, you are fascinating. So I'm looking forward to watching you on the Daily Show. Hopefully, it's not just once. Because I do like to hear your take on. on I do things. four nights. Okay, but I mean not just one time. Well, see, I'll bet you they'll come up with somebody who does do that. Who maybe someone will be the permanent. Host. You you are touring as the only U.S. former former U.S. senator currently currently touring tour <laughs> on tour tour on tour tour, which okay. we look for that. Um, are you selling merch on your tour? I don't. That's well, stupid, isn't it? The question or the fact that you don't sell merch? The fact that I don't sell merch. Oh, it took you that long. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I sell merch here. You want to buy some merch? Go to HowieMandel.com. You can buy stuff merch. You want merch? Wait a minute. HowieMandel.com. Yeah. You want you merch? merch? I can give you merch. Give it me just merch. says stuff on it. What do you want? T-shirts, hoodies? What do you want? I like hoodies. Uh, black? Blue, black, black. I like this. It's like an Amazon. A little. You just okay. I'll get it. What size are you? Large. 
question or again? Extra large. <laughs> You're large. I think I've lost some weight of of late. So Purposely, maybe just large. Well, how do you lose weight? What are you doing? Uh, I, I eat less. That's good. You should write a book, a pamphlet. <laughs> I think I would do a pen and then, and exercise. And do you have uh, what's the? Are you writing again? Are you writing another book? Do you have? I'm not writing another book, but I write all the time. Yeah. What do you write for the act? Well, I do. A, I I mean, for the for the act, I write jokes. Right. My act is comedy. Right. I mean, it, it, <laughs> right. you should tell people. I, I don't. Doesn't that go without saying? With your name and being on does. tour, yes, or I do, guess it does. Maybe people all, show up at like a guest speaker. They think it's a political speech or something yeah well it's not a yeah it's that's why it's called the only former u.s center currently on tour tour it's a tour tour it's not a you if you sold merch you'd have to sell like only extra extra large because that name just the name of the tour it's a lot to or put a on small one. font brilliant <laughs> did you enjoy your time here <laughs> yes. What? Yeah. Let's not forget to plug the Al, plug the Al Franken podcast. I'm the Al Franken podcast. Yes, you have Al a podcast. Frank I was saying, where you want to your podcast wherever you get podcasts. I think so. Yes. Good plug. He doesn't no, know no. where to get it. No, of course, of course, of course. That's what every podcast says. Wherever you get podcasts, so I don't know. No, I don't know because know no. How to get? Can I just say something? What? So if you look, if you think about Joe Rogan, it's only on Spotify. Really. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. No. Well, this is wherever you can get your wherever you get, you get your, podcast. your podcast. Wherever you get your and podcast. the, the name you get your podcast. See Al Franken podcast. And how? Who came up with the name for the podcast? Sarah Silverman. Okay. <laughs> and what do you? Is it? Is it comedy? Is it? What, what do you do? What do you do on no, your podcast? No, I do. Uh, I do. It's more. I do some comedy, but it's it's public policy and politics with, and then every once in a while I have comedians on. So I have Conan or someone like that, you know, I have, uh, so. Um, I think your daughter's coming in to say something. Hang on. Colon blow. That's from you. Did you write it? Oh my God. Did you write that? Here, sit down, uh, sit down. I want them to see you too. Okay. And go to your, are you so touring? So he had are you touring? Blow. This is his daughter, by the way. This is Thomason. Hello. Hello. Hi, you can put on the headset if you want to okay. hear. Yes. A t you're very proud of you. You have a proud father. Oh, you are a, a chef, an educator, a community activist, kind of, and a stand-up comic. Sure. Yep. Yes. All those things are true. So Colin Blow <laughs> was... Colin Blow is a, a, a commercial parody that uh, Tom and I and Danny... Danny? Wrote. Really? It was... Phil Hartman was in it, so... Oh, it wasn't Danny. That's right. Here, let's so play it. Tom. Let's play Colin Blow SNL. Watch. It's funny how I don't even remember. You don't remember? I remember. I, well, this it very is written well, by actually. you. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, did you know how cool your father was? By the way, Not cool. In it, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> by the way, uh, Phoebe Snow sings the theme at the end. Really? Yeah. Colin and blow and you. You. Here we go. That what you're having for breakfast? Sure. Haven't you heard? Fiber is really good for you. Well, there's fiber, and then there's high fiber. Try this. Mmm. blow. Sounds delicious. But is it really higher in fiber than my oat brand cereal? Take a guess. 
How many bowls of your oat bran cereal would it take to equal the fiber content of one bowl of colon blow? Two. Guess again. Three. A little higher. <laughs> Four. Keep trying. <laughs> Five. No, you'll have to do him. better than that. Seven. Guess again. <laughs> Eight. We'll give you one more guess. Nine. Not even close. It would take over 30,000 bowls to eat that much. <laughs> You'd have to eat 10 bowls a day every day for eight and a half years. Wow! I think I get the picture! Colin <laughs> Bow must be the highest fiber cereal on the market! Not anymore. Now that there's new Super Colon Blow. <laughs> super Colon Blow? It would take over two and a half million bowls <laughs> the fiber content of one bowl of super colon blow i'm convinced colon blow and you in the morning colon blow and new super colon blow warning may cause abdominal distension consult a physician wow and and the singer is phoebe snow phoebe snow who is maya rudolph's mom right i don't think so <laughs> no who's her mom uh someone mini Mimi. Oh, Minnie Ripperton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, always make I heard the high note, and I thought, yeah, right? You see, you see how I got that okay. wrong. Okay, I, I do. What was that last line? May cause abdominal dis distension. Distension. So that was the tag, right? <laughs> Which, of course, if somebody has millions of times the fiber, it's not good for you. And so, uh, but what was interesting is we wrote that, we put it together, and I wanted a tag. And I just kept calling gastrointestinal doctors to find what it could cause, what the tag should be. What did you say it was, honey? Abdominal, Gastronomical no, distension. Abdominal distension. It's distension. Okay. And I kept calling hospitals. <laughs> it was at night. And we had to get it in. It was like a Friday night. And we had to get the tag on. And I finally got someone in Hawaii. In Hawaii. Who said abdominal distension. But you would call, would you call and say, hello, my name's Al Franken from Saturday Night and Live? Live and we need, I need you have a gastro. <laughs> you did not. You I told did. them who you were. Yeah. And, and you I said could. if someone was to have 8,000 times the fiber they were supposed to have, can you just tell me what that would cause? Right. And what was interesting is, is that this, you would do this kind of thing every once in a while, which is try to find a technical term for something and you'd have to ask someone who knew technical stuff and the difference between pre-google huh pre-google 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 yeah, yeah. yes now don't have to call a doc, uh, you know a hospital in hawaii but it the difference between someone who knows technical stuff and has a really good sense of humor and someone who doesn't is, is a very big difference right Right, and it's all. I find it funnier to the people that don't, F to listening to the people that don't, talk to somebody who does. It was more useful to talk to someone who understood the joke. <laughs> uh, no, I know, but but the, the the BTS, the behind the scenes of you making nine phone calls to people who don't get the joke. It was just, funny. Just you seeing like what went in. I would love to have had a camera on you and a recorder on the other side. And I think that that would, that's hysterical. And I, I find that 
the confusion that they would have, the audacity of you to just continue to phone in the search. It's really funny. Well, what was it was trying to yank it out of someone who doesn't have a sense of humor. Right. Is very painful. <laughs> which to the funny. which is funny. What yeah. What do you do stand up? What What is your uh, w being a mom? Yeah, what do you, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but no, yeah, it's, I do a little bit of mom stuff. I do. I do. And are you working in town here? Do you live in LA? I am a baby comic, and I I'm I just found out I'm auditioning, or I'm going to potluck today at the comedy store, which is very exciting. To become a regular. Well, I guess that's I don't you get to do three minutes. Do you, we'll do, do you post any of your stuff online? Can a little they see? bit. I got a little t uh, at Thomas and Laughs on Instagram. Okay. I was told. I'm, I'm old. You were I'm told? old myself. I'm 41, so the young comics tell me. And, you know. It's never too still late. Still a baby comic. Yeah. But, uh, but that's great that you're pursuing. And you, you yeah. come from a great pedigree. Yes. Well, Both of you have been incredibly charming today. And you are wonderful. I will continue to follow anything your dad does or what he's doing I'm, I'm i'm a huge fan and i feel really honored that you no. uh, oh my. you even showed up all hers i drove hmm. him here wow so. <laughs> Did, it, is that a coincidence is she an uber driver and it's just <laughs> oh shit it's my daughter yeah I, I hate when that happens anyway thank you so much for being here al franken and thomas thank you so much you're a great interviewer yeah Thank you, man. Thank you. Did you have a talk? Mm.